part of Double P Media. DoublePmedia.com Spoiler alert, when this podcast talks about the books of his dark materials, it does so in the context of the most recent book. And when it talks about the television show on the BBC and HBO, it does so in the context of the most recent episode. You've been warned. The Dust. And welcome to another edition of The Dust. My name is Matt Murdick. Thank you for joining me. I promise you that we will be having an episode covering the story of Season 1, Episode 2, The Idea of the North, from the His Dark Material series on BBC and HBO just shortly. But I was doing my musical analysis, which I usually include in that podcast, and realized that it got way, way too long. And so I made a separate episode out of it simply because I felt like that way people didn't have to scroll through half the episode just in case they weren't into the music. Hopefully, if you're subscribed to this podcast or if you're listening to this podcast, you are into the music of Mr. Lauren Balf. And we're doing that analysis each and every week. If you have any thoughts about the music or about the show, maybe you want to submit your three word descriptions of the particular episode that you just saw we'd love to hear from you you can tweet at the dust podcast on twitter or you can send emails to dustpodcast at gmail.com or to matt's audio blog at gmail.com or you can just go to matt's audioblog.com that's m-a-t-t-s audioblog.com and use our contact form that is there to submit any feedback as well that's enough about the podcast since I'm doing this special episode, I won't bore you with a whole lot of begging for reviews and all of that stuff, but we do love it when you rate, you subscribe, you review on Apple Podcasts. Here is the music from Season 1, Episode 2 of His Dark Materials, The Idea of the North. She's nice. Treats me nice. Don't we deserve to have nice things? That, of course, the scene from this week's episode of His Dark Materials, where Lyra and Mrs. Coulter are at the bath, and then Lyra retires to her room and asks, can we have nice things? I love this particular clip because it combines two themes, confirming them at the same time. I'm a person who does not like to call anything a theme until I hear it in two different episodes. No matter how many times I hear it in a single episode, it could be something that is just for that particular episode. Once I hear it in two episodes, then I can start to confirm that it's for a character or for a situation and that a theme is being applied. Now, Mr. Balf, 
He's been very lovely to me. He's answered a lot of my questions. And one of the things that he told me was that the themes that he chose to employ were somewhat pre-approved at the beginning by the show creators and everything so that there would be a continuity throughout the series because often a composer is subject to a director but here we have several different directors and so now it becomes a show creator or showrunner kind of situation where maybe all of the directors get together and maybe Mr. Balf pitches this stuff to the showrunners or to the directors and it all gets approved and then he can apply those things where he sees that they fit the story. Um, again, Mr. Balf has been absolutely wonderful in terms of answering any questions that I've had. You really should follow him on Twitter at Lorne Balf, L-O-R-N-E-B-A-L-F-E on Twitter. He's wonderful. He answers fans questions. He corresponds with fans He's just a wonderful person and obviously a magnificent composer. Okay, all of that said, what two themes did we hear? You're asking, right? Hey, Matt, what, what two themes is it that we heard? Well, at the beginning when Lyra was talking to Pan, we was hearing a theme for Lyra. And it was something that we heard a couple of times in the last episode, in the very first pilot episode. And here it's being applied to Lyra again. So this is a theme for Lyra. It's this. But at the end, at the very end of the piece, when the camera focuses back on Mrs. Coulter, we hear something that is related to her, something that we've also heard in the previous episode, in the very first pilot episode, a little snippet of a melody that goes with her. First off, just on comments of the scene itself, let's talk about the timbre. We have with Lyra this beautiful piano sound, this lovely sound that is comforting yet sad in a lot of ways. And I love that. That's that's a timbre. Well, the piano can be a lot of things. It can create a whole different lot of timbres, as can any instrument. But here it's played in a way that really pulls you in emotionally. But the Mrs. Coulter theme, on the other hand, is done with this a little more harsh kind of sound, this bell kind of sound, which really distinguishes the difference between the two characters, not only thematically and with the music, but also by timbre. And I want to start with the fact that we're confirming Mrs. Coulter's theme. If you recall that melody that we heard, this... was part of Mrs. Coulter's entrance into Jordan College. It was the melody going along when she entered the room. Except in that case, it was played with strings. Here's another thing to remember, and this is one of the things that composers do that's so beautiful. You're going to hear that particular melody that I just played like it is the one chord. What do I mean by that? It feels like that that melody is in a different key in the scene with Lyra than it is in this scene, even though it's the exact same notes. 
So what Mr. Balf did was he actually juxtaposed Mrs. Coulter's melody on top of Lyra's key. And that gave it even a different kind of emotional feel. It made it feel off. Whereas here, it sounds very present and very authoritative in the key that those notes were written for. That includes her. Just absolutely lovely. It's so, ooh, it just sends chills up and down your spine, doesn't it? I love that. Now, one of the things that I want to make sure that you understand is that I'm going to throw a lot of musical terms at you. If you have questions about those, write me, dustpodcast at gmail.com, and tell me to explain things better. If you're an old hat to my musical podcast, you probably already understand that most of the things that I talk about doesn't really matter whether you know the terms just as long as you understand the difference in the sounds that different kinds of chords different kinds of harmony creates but what we're going to do is in this episode we also hear what I call a tonicized version of this theme again later on when Mrs. Coulter is uh, getting the kids to write their letters and you hear a little, well, actually, when she starts burning their letters, you, you start to hear it. And it's all while Lyra is figuring out who she really is in the study. But in this version, you, instead of getting it in this key, you get it in this key. But all of the chords fit with that. It doesn't fit against what we're used to feeling with Mr. Coulter. The only time that it fit against what we're used to feeling with Mrs. Coulter was in the scene that I first played, in Lyra's scene, where that scene was really all about Lyra until the end. And so Mr. Balf just put that in so that he could show that there's something off about Mrs. Coulter. Because, yeah, those are the notes, but they don't really fit that key the same way that they did when we heard it in the first episode. It was a lovely way to combine the themes together. But let's move on to later on in this episode. Again, you'll hear this. And let's listen to a brief clip from that scene. Roger. These letters are about building something in the north. All right, so you could distinctly hear that melody again, and this time there's a kind of a combination of piano and bells that just makes it really piercing, really harsh, because let's face it, Mrs. Coulter's doing something really harsh. She's sending children away. She's burning their letters. 
So again, timbre plays a little bit of a role, but now we have to address the tension of is Lyra going to get out of the study and back to her room before Mrs. Coulter can get back to the apartment. And there's a couple of ways that Mr. Balfe builds the tension of that. First of all, the harmony has some strange sounding stuff in it like this. There's all kinds of notes in there that don't really fit the chord. And that helps create tension. It's based on one of two things for you musicians. It's either based on a half whole scale or it's based on the seventh mode of a melodic minor scale. There you go. There's the technical terms. All that everybody who just listens to music casually needs to know is, man, that's weird, right? Because those notes just don't quite go together in a scale most of the time, right? And there's a couple of other things that Mr. Balfe does to build tension as Mrs. Coulter's coming back upstairs and Lyra is scrambling to get back to her room. He starts to play those chords that we heard in that first episode clip, and he does it kind of against the meter of that rhythm. It's like playing four against three. And again, you don't really need to understand how that rhythm works. All you need to understand is it seems like the chords are falling kind of out of place with what's going on with that little melody. These chords I'm talking about. So listen as the score is playing and hear how the two parts are kind of working against each other. It's like one is falling behind the other or one is jumping ahead of the other. It really helps to create the tension of what's going on as far as will Lyra get back in time. Just wonderful. So I spent all of this time just confirming one theme, right? You're thinking, oh, Matt, your podcast is going to be, you know, three hours long because your musical segment's going to be like 60 minutes. Well, I'll try and speed things up just a little bit, but I really can't because the other theme that was confirmed way back, you know, 10 million years ago when I first started this clip uh, with the bath scene was Lyra's theme. This one here, once again. Now, in that post-bath scene, we pretty much heard it just like that. Really, a single melody against a stagnant kind of harmony. There was really not much going on in terms of emphasizing the harmony. But, use your imagination a little bit and go back to the first episode, the airship scene, where Lord Azrael is leaving Lyra behind. And remember this harmonization of it.
beautiful, right? And some unexpected terms of harmony as well. Um, sometimes the chords surprise you a little bit. You're expecting something different because the melody itself is based kind of in a traditional kind of melody way, but it's in the harmony that makes it interesting, that makes it surprising, that makes it even more emotional. And listen how it's applied through the strings as opposed to just the piano in that scene with Lord Asriel. Once again, timbre, harmony, melody, all of these things are coming together. The key is minor, but it does go to some surprising places. What does minor usually sound like to us? Well, according to Pythagoras, who a long time ago wasn't just a mathematician regarding triangles, he did a lot of mathematics about music as well, and he determined that for some reason, humans like the major sound in terms of making them feel more at ease most of the time, and the minor sound tends to make them feel more sad. A diminished sound tends to make them feel more scared. An augmented sound makes them feel a little more weirded out. And so all of these things are applied by composers in order to make us feel something, and here the harmony really works. But not just in the traditional sense. Yes, this key is minor. Yes, it's kind of sad. Uh, we're feeling bad for Lyra here, but there's additional kind of surprise chords that make it feel even that much more emotional, especially in that third phrase of the melody, that third little bit of the melody, this part right here. I mean, that's not where you expect that to go. Not only that, but the ending note of that phrase is something that is sweetly dissonant with that chord. And what I mean by that is that it is what we call the major seven. The melody note is the major seven of the chord. And that distance between notes tends to create a tension, but because of the major sound of the rest of the chord, which is something totally different from the minor sound that we had been really focusing on up to that point, we're totally surprised by it. And it almost makes your stomach drop. I love the way harmony works. I truly do. And masters like Mr. Balf can really use it to manipulate your emotions. Not only that, but the fourth phrase also tends to create a feeling of incompleteness because the final chord that we hear there doesn't really get to where we expect home to be. We expect home to either be that major chord that we just heard or the minor chord that we started out with. But this is saying, hold on, there's more to this story, this progression right here. 
See how it's just hanging there? It feels like it needs to go somewhere else. It doesn't feel finished. And that's because, again, there's unfinished business here. Lyra's still trying to develop herself, but at the same time, the world around her is revolved around the prophecy of her. Uh, the idea that Lord Azrael has left her leaves her feeling incomplete, and so we get an incomplete harmony as well. Here's the really lovely thing. I mean, I just spent all of this time showing you how that harmony works, how it surprises us. That was for that moment. The very first time we heard this theme was actually when she was running across the rooftops. And the harmony was different. You won't hear it go to those chords that I was just talking about. Instead, it kind of keeps it in a more playful sense with all of these wonderfully fast-moving piano accompaniment and bell-like accompaniment, which makes it feel adventurous as opposed to sad. Here's the clip I'm talking about. So that melody is probably really stuck in your head now, right? Because it's a neat melody. Not only that, but man, is it very similar to the main theme in terms of shape, in terms of location, key, in terms of how it creates a certain kind of feeling, maybe goes to places that we don't expect. This melody right here, when you listen to it, you'll say, whoa, they're really similar. Are they the same thing? No, they are absolutely not. But they're all in service of the same story. This melody. Does sound pretty similar, right? Maybe... Just maybe because this is the main theme, and I would, again, I would have to ask Mr. Balfe specifically, but maybe this main theme was something that he based Lyra's theme on because this story is about Lyra. We're told in the very beginning about a child of prophecy and how she's delivered to Jordan College, and we find out that that's Lyra. And so maybe it's purposeful that they sound similar, but they are not to be treated as similar because they're used in different situations. And that's the last thing I want to touch on today is that Mr. Balfe has, not unlike Ramin Javadi, who applied the Game of Thrones main theme motive all throughout the series of the show, Mr. Balfe is also applying the main theme motive in different places, in different episodes. The first time came right at the tail end of the last clip that I just played you, actually. It was when the raven saw that Azrael was coming and told the master that it's time. And we heard a snippet of the main theme there. Azrael, 
It's time. There's a big difference in the treatment of the melody that time than what we're used to hearing at the beginning of every episode, right? We're used to hearing the main theme with all of these active instruments playing underneath it really fast and getting us all excited for the show. And that's the purpose of that, what we call accompaniment. The melody is accompanied by all of the other instruments. And the purpose of the accompaniment and the ferocity of it in the beginning, or the, uh, the at least the fast pacing, is to get us excited for the show. We're about to watch a new episode of His Dark Materials. But here, another emotion comes through. It's something that makes what this show is all about pause and reflect. What is going on here? Not in a mystery sense, but it just kind of makes your stomach drop. Again, timbre, harmony, all of these things help create the emotion and melody helps you remember the emotion. The shape, where does it flow? Where does it go? The sounds that are being played, all of it makes a difference. And here, the way that this main melody is treated really exemplifies the master's reluctance I would say, of what he has to do, but his resolution to do it as well when he's going to try and poison Azrael, right? Now, this theme was also used during this week's episode, a different treatment, but the main theme nonetheless, and it's right after Lyra finds out something about Azrael. And until we analyze the story, I don't really want to spoil that part, but When Lyra finds this out, she retreats to her room and we hear the main theme. There's a couple things that are in common with the situations. First of all, when we hear it with the master in that last scene, the master knows that he must do something about Azrael and we know what that is. He tries to poison him. In this particular scene, this week, when Lyra is doing her thing, she's also kind of thinking about Azrael and what she's just learned about him. And so there's a similarity there. There's also a similarity in the fact that the alethiometer is present in both cases. Now, I'm not going to say that that's where this theme will be used because Mr. Balfour will apply this theme wherever it's prevalent to the larger scope of the story. And those are two key moments. They do both concern Azrael. The alethiometer is present, but I think that's probably just coincidence. Could be totally wrong, but I, I'm not going to jump on it and, you know, how Tumblr people and, and people who just like to give takes say, this is about this. 
obviously, because we've put the scenes together and we figured it out, the similarities, whatever. No, I'm not that kind of person. I don't speculate on music. I let the music tell me things. I don't let me tell the music things, just so you know. But I'm going to leave you with this last clip and then some closing thoughts after that, where we once again hear the main theme played very sadly, very somberly, and it's when Lyra and Pan have just found out something about Azrael. Lyra. Lyra. Our origins don't define us. It's what we do with what we have. Please leave me alone. Hope you enjoy the musical analysis. Remember, if you have any thoughts about the music or the story of His Dark Materials, please feel free to tweet at me or to send emails. It's at the Dust Podcast on Twitter. It's dustpodcast at gmail.com. You can find all of these episodes at mattsaudioblog.com, M A T T S audioblog.com. And the next episode that you get, I'll be with that usual gang of folks to talk about the story of season one, episode two, The Idea of the North. Talk to you next time. Tweet at the Dust Podcast, email dustpodcast at gmail.com, and find all info at mattsaudioblog.com. Subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. Part of Double P Media. Double P Media.com.